career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. All right, folks, we are here in the new year. And actually, we're also queer, so let's just go there. But as queer individuals, and I'm talking to both my 40-plus gay men, gay talk listeners, and my life uncloseted listeners, one of the most beautiful things that we can give ourselves is the freedom to be radically who we are. And as I was looking around through all the spheres of the world going, who could I find to help me kick off something in the new year? Thinking, I'm going to do a solo show when I do the new year shows. And then this amazing individual showed up. They put their stuff out there. They said, what if we did a podcast together? His name is River Fair. He's got so many things he's done from body-centered therapy to being a trained chef He's a wellness coach. He's an author. In fact, he just released his new book not long ago. We're going to talk about that. But the thing that drew me to talking to River, yes, that's his name, River Fair, was this essence of radicalness, like truly being radically who you are. I think it's so important as being queer individuals that we showcase this to the world and we continue to live in it. And that's where we're going today to help you set a radical tone beautiful radical tone for your new year as we step into 2024. So River, welcome to the podcast. I know you're chilly. You're chilly. You already told me you're chilly because you're living in that upper Northwest area. So I hope you stay warm while we're doing this, but I hope so too. Thanks yeah. for having me. On Hopefully the show. there won't be any like a massive snowstorm in the middle of this. I know there probably won't, but um, so radicalness. Wow. Hmm. What got you to thinking? I want to really talk about this stuff in my world, in my life in helping people discover where did this all come up for you? Well, as thank you for the lovely introduction first. Um, for almost a decade now, I've been a coach and I would have, for years, I've identified as soul-based coaching. So mm. in a line with what's your soul purpose? Yep. I, yep. I work with gay men straight. I work with everybody. I've never missed not focused per se on gay men, although I myself yep. am one. Um, but some years ago, I went through a radical, radical is the only word, a radical and very mysterious healing crisis that put me on a really different journey. And my focus with that, um, which led me to all sorts of an ayahuasca ceremony and crazy Qigong master who helped save my life and a very, very different journey than author that I thought I was going on. And the focus became getting clear. How do I get clear? How do I get clear in my body? How do I get clear of my patterns? How do I get clear of that? Whatever limits me and doesn't serve my highest purpose. Mm -hmm. And that slowly evolved mostly around languaging rather than getting clear to radical integrity. And to me, radical integrity is just a slightly different word for being clear, being clear in your body, being clear in your, in your energy field, if that's part of your belief system, clear of your limiting patterns. And 
definitely from my own journey involved with that radical integrity also includes vibrant wellness. My own eight week coaching program is called radical being vibrant wellness. So that's a, a lot of little threads in there, but that's mm -hmm. how I ended up with radical integrity coming and out. I of love, I love these kind of words because it takes us out of the norm. Like, Oh, let's be our, our most amazing self or let's be successful. Okay. They kind of fall flat, but when you find a word like radical, like mine is unapologetic, I want people to be unapologetically who they are, right. which is radical in its own way. Right. I want you to never have to apologize other than if you're being unapologetic and being a jerk, right? That's a whole different <laughs> ball game. Usually I say, okay, I'm going to just say, if you're being unapologetic and being an asshole, mm -mm, you don't get to be unapologetic. Uh, you don't get to hurt others in your unapologeticness. That's always my boundary around it. But I have found probably similar to you that anybody who's really trying to move on a personal development path, there is a bit of radicalness in their thinking because something's got to change. We've got to do something radically different. We have to step into this. And I love that you say radical integrity that brings that being clear into, into place. Because if I just said, I just want to be in integrity, again, it kind of falls flat. I just want to be clear. But when you start to put this radical piece into it, which can be defined in any way that you as an individual want to define it would be my guess, but I'm curious how you look at that. I think it gives people a new level of motivation, a fire. It's like that igniting piece. So you went through some health stuff and all this sort of stuff. What really brought this home for you? Well, I had been this, well, back in 2014, my first book came out in the world, which we could loosely describe as a men's spirituality book. It's called The Bones and Breath. A Man's Guide to Eros, the Sacred Masculine, and the Wild Soul. I always say it's actually just disguised as a men's book. It's more than that, but it's cleverly disguised as that. So mm -hmm. I was Mr. Soul author, uh, thinking that's where I was going, and Mr. Soul coach. And I led a fairly healthy lifestyle. I, you mentioned I, I am a French trained chef for a while there. And one of these nine lives I've had in this life, I was a chef for the rich and famous and mm have -hmm. um, studied all sorts of alternative healing around food. But when everything shut down for me, when I could suddenly not get out of bed or walk my dogs and all work stopped with chronic fatigue, and you can be as soulful as you want until your body shuts down. And what I realized that like most people firsthand was I was living a split. I was this very soulful guy, soul coach. And yet, and in my view, healthy enough until healthy enough suddenly wasn't healthy enough. And so that is back to the beginning of, well, radical integrity, but I often talk about forced evolution. <laughs> Life hands you a situation and says, here, you're going to evolve. You can resist. Most people are in resistance. I talk about most people are in no. How do we get to yes? But forced evolution is one of those things that sometimes you don't even feel like you have a choice. Okay, you're, of course you can resist, but, and most of us do initially, but here, you're going to evolve. And that was one of those situations that unfolded and there we go. Okay, mm -hmm. suddenly soulful, arguably spiritual, tremendous self-awareness. Both my parents were therapists. I was doomed to any sort of normal upbringing, you know? So uh, 
this. Well, that explains the everything. Right? There we go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I often joke that I'm, you know, one of those people that for most of my life could talk about my patterns and issues forwards, backwards, sideways, upside down, inside out, et cetera, et cetera. And yet that doesn't necessarily shift them. Awareness is key. Right. I hope my own podcast is about self-awareness. Self-awareness is absolutely key. And yet it itself doesn't shift the pattern. I often mm -hmm. say awareness is like the golden key ring. It holds all of the keys. We got to have some awareness, whether that's that alcohol is a problem in our life or we're living a lie or we're, you know, we got to have that first step. But it's more than that to shift a pattern. So sometimes forced evolution comes into play and sort of a mysterious conspiracy of events that put me, okay, it's got to be more than just soul. It's got to be basically the whole shebang, the whole enchilada, vibrant wellness, as well as your, I actually don't use the word soul much anymore, but in terms of just what is integrity and what is that alignment or calling for you, but also applying to all levels really of body, mind, spirit. Right. And, and that's pretty radical. That's pretty it radical. It is very radical. And because it's most that, people are split. Right. And most people, they either focus on, I'm going to be radical here, I'm going to be radical here. They don't realize it's the integration piece that needs right. to really happen. You know, it's kind of like people who want to go on a weight loss journey. You can be aware that you want to lose weight. You can, I'm aware I need to lose weight. I need to take better care of my health. But what is it that you do once that awareness comes up? That's the piece that starts to happen. And then how do you keep continually stepping into that to the point of, I mean, I'm a guy who's had some pretty big health challenges. I really watch a lot of stuff. I'm very aware of what I need to do, but I'm aware and I keep questioning. I'm aware and I keep acting. I'm aware and I keep going, okay, what else can I do? It's always interesting to see yourself step into those awarenesses, but then take the action on them too. And Back to that split that I see in most people, there's there's two really observations I have about most people, frankly, in the world. They're split between that body and I would say overall just self-awareness and integrity. And also most people are stuck. But back to the first bit about being split, I know likely you do too. Many people who are very, very healthy, arguably they're athletic or what else, but there's not much happening in the self-awareness factor or maybe a spiritual journey or that soulful, whatever we want, language we want to give to that. And on the other side of the coin, I know a lot of spiritual, quote, quote, spiritual, soulful people who are profoundly unhealthy. So again, mm -hmm. here's this split. It's like the whole, the gestalt of it is not in integrity. So what is that? That's the challenge that I offer clients who who find me who are ready to somehow to somehow bridge this split they realize mm. either i have kind of this spiritual soulful purpose thing going on but i i you know want to get better on the physical level right I, this is sort of a, another thread in a different direction but quite frankly i teach people how to regenerate their body and brain and mm. that's having having done so myself and that's not outlandish at all that's just using functional medicine to turn back our biological clock as opposed to, yep. which doesn't have to be the same as your chronological clock. No, mm -hmm. people nope. meet me. They, they can't believe I'm the age that I am. They're like, 
wow, you look significantly younger. I'm not going to give away my chronological age, but biologically, I'll tell you, I'm like 25 years younger. So, And I think that's one of the things that many of us, we get to this time of year, here we are, brand new year, stepping forward. Here we go. Set those resolutions and which is, you know, it's okay to do that, but we all last for a day, a day, if you're lucky. And then what happens? It's like, it's just kind of out the door. I always like to, when I'm working with my clients and maybe you can get some insight too, when we get to this space, like I actually, okay, so we're recording this, you know, the month before New Year's, let's just be candid here. I literally just had a conversation with a client like, okay, next session is going to happen the first week of January. We're not going to focus on your resolutions and everything. We're going to focus on your attention intentions and your awareness of where you want to go because well okay that sounds kind of cool but then how do we put it into play i said that's what will happen the next session because i said you're already trying to bite off more than you can chew so i want you to only focus on your attentions and your awareness of when you are thinking about those intentions what's coming up are you excited are you afraid are you already saying i can't do that i want that's all i want i don't care how i'm not we're not to the how yet I just want to create this. And I would like to invite the listeners to really think about that. If you did something that radical and only even just focused on your intentions, that's it. Just focus on your intentions for this year. Only that, not how you're going to get it done, not when it's going to happen, not what could happen if you don't do it. Just what are your intentions? That's a radical shift in starting to think differently. And I especially think, for us in the LGBTQ community at times, we have been treated so radically, continue to, but it's how we decide to respond to that instead, that this can almost be embedded in our DNA. Like, well, okay, I'm not supposed to be this extreme or I'm not supposed to think outside the box because look what happened when I started to reveal I was queer, gay, bi, any of that. Suddenly, oh, you're not supposed to be that. Well, I was being my radical true self. Now, I'm not saying nobody else in the world doesn't experience that. I mean, you can do this as a Muslim. You can do this as somebody who's in the black community. You get, you know, labeled. But I think River, what I'm inviting people to, and I love your perspective on this, is to start to look at through the lens of what would it be like to do something radically different, to be radically inspired, to be radically in your integrity in a new way as you step into this new year. So I'd love to hear your take on what I just said. Oh, then Rick, you're full two, of shit. No. Right. Two, two things. Um, and they both relate to honesty, which is the key word, I think, at least for me, in radical integrity. And since we're sort of dabbling with New Year's resolutions, I, I, I'm not big on resolutions either. Sort of like it's a joke that they last for a day and then what? They, they've already collapsed and, oh, well, okay, failed on that. So whatever. But for whatever strange, curious reason, January of, um, actually, I do remember exactly what triggered it. Shortly before that, I had come across, so January 2023, right before that, in a very strange twist of circumstances, I came across Martha Beck's recently released book, The Way of Integrity. And Martha Beck wasn't on my radar till that moment. She's Oprah's life coach. So yep. that's pretty good credentials in my book. And I thought actually the book, The Way of Integrity was fabulous. It's pretty much the only, I'm not big on self-help books, even though I've written one myself. Um, 
it's pretty much the only thing I recommend to clients other than some functional medicine stuff. But she talked about um, years ago taking an integrity cleanse yeah. and a commitment to tell the truth only for a year. And I thought, I'm going to do the same thing for a year. This is my commitment, total integrity on all levels. And that includes not a single lie, exaggeration, not even a sweet little white social lie or a little gray lie, total integrity. And that relates to food and wellness, commitment for a year, total integrity and honesty is the key word. So flashing forward to what your, your the segue into your question there, like what, what might radical integrity look like or being radical with ourselves, that to me, honest self-assessment is an essential skill if we want to change and evolve. And particularly as, as gay men or however we want to identify that, you, you can't be authentic if you're not being honest about who you really are. So mm -hmm. there's honesty is really at the core of coming out. At some level, we're tired of living a lie. We're tired of the duplicity. We're tired of whatever else, or it's just too painful. Maybe tired isn't the word, or it's just gotten too damn complicated, or whatever else is falling apart there. So there's a level of honesty that we're at least beginning to own. And then as far as you want to take that, there's a long or wide spectrum of honesty to go all the way, a little bit of honesty. Okay, I'm getting honesty about, right, I'm yep. attracted to men and this, or, or all the way to what does that mean to get honest really in my relationship? All my relationships, what does it mean to get honest with, you know, what do I really think I'm here to do in the world? Or honest about my patterns around food or addictions or alcohol or uh, compulsive sex or what, you know, we've got a long list of things that most of us are in some level of denial about. Right. So honesty is back to like the golden key of awareness, holding all the other keys. Honesty is like the premier golden key there to unlock the door. But when you start to get honest, all sorts of shit can happen. <laughs> there can be a lot of fallout. And so people are like, I, in the very first podcast, uh, podcast I did, I had a podcast years ago, but my current one, Radical Being with River Fair, that opening episode is Let's Get Radical. And in there, I say, why would we do that? Why, why would anyone come into radical integrity? You know, look around the world, you say, well, nobody else is in integrity. Why would I do that, right? <laughs> it's not like it's modeled many places. The short answer is this. When we come into integrity, particularly radical integrity, and this mm -hmm. absolutely must include our sexual identity, your life changes dramatically. And absolutely, I would argue that your life from my own experience, when the more we come into integrity on all levels, the more your life becomes one of alignment, mm. flow, and here's a little sparkly, potentially loaded word, magic. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like Harry Potter magic. I just mean serendipity and synchronicity and seemingly million to one chances. My, I live in a state of alignment and flow and magic, but that is the result of years of coming into integrity on all levels and life changes, it but does. that's not for the faint of heart. Like, okay, I'm going to choose this path to really be authentic about who I am and get honest in my relationship and get honest in all my relationships and get honest that 
I hate this job and working for whatever right. I'm doing, right? right? It's sort of like, <laughs> exactly. wow, I've got some real stuff around food or scarcity mm -hmm. or whatever that I, that I, okay, it's time to address that. Right. It, it reminds me of, it reminds me of the moment that I finally said to my parents, and this was in the last, it's been in the last five years. Because <clears throat> they're still, I mean, so we recently went to see them over the Thanksgiving holiday and they had a friend come over and, you know, they introduced my husband as our friend. Yeah. And I'm to the point where I'm just like, okay, I, I don't even, I don't even care anymore. I do, but I don't. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm done fighting that battle. <clears throat> but I finally came into like, to your point, this radical integrity with them where I said to them, finally, no, I don't want to go to church with you. I want you to go do what's important to you, but I don't want to go to church because it's not aligned with who I am and my beliefs. I want you to keep doing what you want to do because I want you to give me that same gift. And I remember how freaking, okay, I'm 55 years old and saying this, right? And I'm the little boy all over again, like, uh, right? Yeah. I felt so alive. I felt so aligned. And so I'm going to use your words. I felt so aligned. I felt so in flow with just saying, this is my truth. Yeah. And there was a sprinkle of magic that happened because for the first time, the little Rick was really feeling like, okay, I can be the adult Rick. Even though I've been the adult Rick all 50, 60 some years now. Right. But it's an interesting space when you cross over into these moments where you're like, this is me. This is being fully aligned. It's like coming out of the closet. Okay. I'm fully aligned. Right. These serendipitous places that we do. And then we like, okay, we do it. And then suddenly we're like, oh, we, okay. That did it that one time, but oh, wow, this is so different. And when I'm coaching people coming out of the closet, one of the things that I feel like is part of this radical integrity is to have this one question. So I realize you're going to tell your spouse that you're gay. Big moment in life. I'm not going to say it isn't. It's going to be a big conversation. What other big conversations have you had with your spouse? And there's always this almost like, oh, I'm not saying it's the same conversation by any stretch of the imagination, but we had big conversations about moving, jobs, buying homes, having children, buying cars. I mean, they're all kind of our finances, not, not having the money. All of these are big conversations. But when we step into this radical space of realizing we've done some of this before, so let's do it again and let's grow and be part of that. It actually helps us realize we've been in our integrity many times over and over and over again. No, I don't want to go on that trip because I don't feel like I want to spend that kind of money right now. Well, that's radical truth right there. Instead of, okay, I'll go. And in your mind, you go, I don't really want to do this because I don't want to go in debt. I don't want to. Da, da, da. We're so afraid to be in our radical truth because we're afraid of rejection. Almost everybody is, well, everybody, until they realize it. I'll just, I'll revise that statement. Everybody, until they realize it, is living what I call the provisional self. We might feel we're very authentic. This is who I am. I'm so-and-so and I'm Italian and I'm this and I'm that. And, and yet that provisional self is something that's been built since childhood with the attitudes and cultures and society norms and whether that's an overlay of gender and or sexuality. It's, it is a provisional developmental self and it's yep. deeply embedded in the shoulds well i should because they're family and it often is very layered with 
the beliefs that we've just accepted because they're part of our culture, or well, this is what it is to be a man, or mm -hmm. you know, straight or otherwise, or this or that. And we don't realize, most of us, that it's actually inauthentic. Or mm -hmm. the way I put it is, it's version one. Mm -hmm. And most people are living in version one. What ideally would happen is we come into adolescence and we begin morphing into yep. version two, which is in my old language, I would say more soul oriented. Who am I deep inside? What am I here for? Rather than what am I supposed to do next? Mm -hmm. But most people, frankly, live in this version one, and your family's always going to keep you in version one for your whole life. I'm just here yep. to tell you, no matter how much work you do on yourself, no how, yeah. matter how many <clears throat> thousands of dollars yep. you spend on therapy and coaching, family's always going to keep you mm -hmm. in version one. And when you're with them, you're just going to want to fall back into version one. Yep. <laughs> so yep. there's an invitation for I, I saw this. Right. I mean, when exactly. we were at home for Thanksgiving, I saw myself doing it. Right. It's like, okay, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to talk a whole lot because no matter what I bring up, they switch the subject to something about them. And then, and then it's something about, and I, I know this, I know it. I love them. Okay. Mom and dad are who they are. They're 80 and 78 years old. This is where they are. Okay. My kids are going to say the same shit about me. I know it. But as I started feeling that river, I was like, oh my goodness. At least I'm aware I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that this is who I am showing up. And I suddenly kind of snapped myself out of it. Like, okay, just enjoy this for the moment. You still got them. You still get to have a conversation with them. They may be driving you nuts by doing the like, you bring something up. Oh, yeah, but you know, such and so. Yeah. So this provisional self, I think strangely gay and bisexual men have kind of an interesting almost advantage in this. Mm -hmm. Because most people are living that version oneself frankly, until midlife when they have a midlife crisis and all the projections yep. fall away and everything that they've just been sort of blindly pursuing realize, wow, none of that actually made me happy or fulfilled or I don't even know who I am and life's more than half over. And yet for those of us who have to step outside of the sort of prescripted norm for yep. what it means to be a man, that's an invitation. It's like the shell has cracked a little bit early or doesn't even crack at all for others. So I, I often think that there's a strange gift. Well, I think there's a, there's a gift in everything. There's a gift in every so-called wound. Absolutely. They're like shadow twins. Every wound is a gift once we discover it. But gay and bisexual men, because we've got to grapple with this at some point, if we're going to be authentic and or have any chance at happiness, the provisional version one begins to crumble away. And the more then that we're willing to be radically honest and develop that self-awareness and look at, well, what else is really true for me? Actually, I don't believe in God like my parents at all, or right. I don't believe this or that. The questioning of the, the dismantling of a belief system, that's very key back to self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So some point in there, that provisional identity begins, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later, to crumble away and version two, which is much more authentic and like, no, I'm not doing that just because they're family that doesn't align with me, right? right. That's the attack of the shoulds. No, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that because that's actually not in, in alignment and integrity with me. That doesn't honor who I am. That is that beginning of the, what I would call really the authentic self, 
then and I used to use the word soul, but what I say now about soul is simply the most authentic part of you that's uncompromised by the conditioning of family, society, and culture. Mm -hmm. Uncompromised or unencumbered, those are sort of interchangeable words. Mm -hmm. That part, that's the authentic part. Unencumbered by all that shit we've taken on our whole life. Yep. And the courage to step into that, like, right, that is the journey. That's the evolutionary journey. I view life as the invitation to evolve personally from version one to version two and beyond. I'm probably on like version 10. <laughs> right. Okay. Slough that off. Okay. Right. Here we go. That's still limiting me. What? Right. right here we go. Yep. And I think what you just brought up and the reason I was like thinking through what you were saying is what a better time of year to go. Am I still in version one? You're always right. going to, there's going to be pieces of it. You're always going to be in version of one. Of course. Right. But what if I move from version one to version two this year? What does that look like for me? What, do, what steps do I take? What do I need to have happen here? Because it may sound like a big step. It may sound like, oh my goodness, this has got to happen, right? But what if you made it happen because it felt right? Or you just decided at every chance I get, I'm going to show up as radically authentic as I can with this person, with my spouse, with whatever, this job, this like, right. Okay. Here's an opportunity for me. Am I really being authentic here? Because that's, that's a question. Am I in version one people pleasing and in that old self to fit in, uh, or am I saying, mm, no, actually version two here is you, you, you touched on a very key point there because it's never an overnight process. It, it's like years for most of us. I, I compare it to, you know, the caterpillar that has to, this is the best metaphor for evolution, I think, on the planet. The yep. caterpillar doesn't simply grow wings at some indeterminate moment, determined by light and weather and who knows whatever else triggers it. It spins this cocoon mm -hmm. and chrysalis. And then, well, throughout the caterpillar's life, in its body are these structures that don't seem to serve any purpose and they their name this is really their name is the imaginal nodes not imaginary but in mm -hmm. imaginal or imaginal buds and when the caterpillar is alive its own immune system tries to attack these like these don't serve any purpose they, sh they shouldn't be here and the caterpillar essentially lives in a low level autoimmune response of attacking itself mm -hmm. we could draw some parallels right there too yep so in this cocoon that it begins to two things start to happen. The caterpillar begins to dissolve into a sticky matrix of goo. And at the same time, those imaginal nodes begin to link up. And as they link up, they form an entirely new being. So the old dissolves in a sticky matrix of goo and something new, so radically different, doesn't feed on leaves, you know, it, it feeds on nectar and breezeless, it has wings, it's just, it couldn't be more different. But there is this process of it, the sticky meltdown into matrix of goo, which I talk about endlessly with my clients, right? So the, the journey from version one to version two and beyond <laughs> is essentially this meltdown into sticky matrix of goo. Parts of you are still gonna be version one, 
Mm-hmm. Parts of you might be really authentic and moving into two and back back to family. You visit family, you're going to go, oh, well, boy, that's part still back in version one. But maybe with your new partner or your new life or whatever that is, parts of that are really moving into or the new friends that really support your your authentic being. So there is this sort of long stage of betwixt and between. We're still a little of the old. We're not yet fully in the new. And, and it is a process. The well, it is. Al- and the thing is, is if we try to rush the process process, we're going to hurt ourselves. Right. It Sometimes can't be we just, you, you just got to lean into it. Yeah. And I know that I know some of you listening to this might go, okay, I'm so tired of coaches and everybody saying you just lean into it. If you lean into pleasure, what do you experience? Pleasure. If you lean into fear, what do you experience? Fear. If you lean into joy, what do you experience? There's a beautiful thing of leaning into growth and process that helps you be able the next go around to do it even better and teaches you so much more about how you can authentically and radically show up as yourself. If I hadn't leaned fully into my coming out experience and finally realized, okay, yeah, that was a real, it was a tough journey, breaking up a marriage. Wondering what was going to happen with two little kids. Wondering what was going to happen with me, with my career and everything. But man, what came out on the other side of it was absolutely freaking beautiful. Just beautiful. And I'm so happy. Leaning in is essentially saying yes. Earlier I said almost everybody's in no. Everybody's in their resistance. And resistance is the place of seeming security and safety. And we've got 140 reasons why now's not the time, you know, not till the kids are out of school or not to leave this marriage or not till we pay yep. off the roof or whatever. No, no, not right now, universe. Everybody's in no, because that's the mm-hmm. place of security, seeming security and safety. But no is not the place of growth or change or healing. Mm-hmm. So the question really, in my view, is always how do we get to yes? We're all in no. How do we get to yes? And yes is leaning in, frankly. Okay, yes, surrender this. This is kicking my ass. All right, okay, right. My ass is getting kicked here, but this is what I need to do for my authenticity. Okay, yes to this forced evolution. Yes, leaning in. So to me, that's sort of, I think that's my way of stepping around the leaning in, which as you alluded to, coaches use to death. So rather than leaning in, right, how do we say yes to this? Okay, say yes. One of my favorite books is by Shonda Rhimes, Grey's Anatomy, all that stuff. And her book, A Year of Saying Yes. It's a year of saying yes. It's a year of saying, I'm going to be radical. I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this. Because guess what? And if if any of you have never read her book, I highly recommend it. It's It's not a huge read. It's a fairly short read book. For everything she had going on for her, she loved to say no. Gets invited to a Hollywood premiere. No, I don't want, I can't do that. Wants to go to some award show. No, I don't want to do that. Wants to go, you know, do this or do that. Until her sister-in-law said, what if you started saying yes? Look at you, you're highly successful. So obviously she knew how to say yes to certain things. But what was holding Shonda back was this constant, nope, default to no, default to no, default to no. And maybe because that's how I felt at my life when I finally put my hands on that amazing book. I'm so quick to say, mm, no, mm, no. Right. Yeah. And then when I started saying yes, first of all, it scared the crap out of me. 
Like, okay, yeah. sure. Let's, 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 right. let's go speak on a stage. Okay, sure. Let's, let's take this risk and launch a podcast that, you know, now I'm 600 episodes in on life on closet, 260 some in on this one. Guess what happened when I said, yes, I love doing this. I took a radical risk and said, I don't know if I got it. Okay. I, I know thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have listened to this. I'm not worried about the numbers, but guess what? I have great joy. I enjoy this more than probably any other piece of my business. And it's because I got a loud mouth and I love to talk probably a lot of it, but it's such a, right. it does help. But it also <laughs> put me in a space of starting to say yes and being even more radical. Once I really started mastering this medium, I'm like, I can actually take this to the stage and be even, even more radical on stage. I do stuff on stage that probably shocks some people. Yeah, I was a serial cheater. Cheated on my wife for 13 years. Man, when I deliver that line on stage, I know there's daggers being thrown at me. I know it. I'm okay with that. Because I then say, and that's what helped me grow into being even more truthful about who I was. Okay, so we've solved this 2024 problems for everybody now. We're, right. we're done. Everyone's going to step so into radical integrity <laughs> on all levels, including diet, wellness, yeah, lifestyle yeah. medicine, as they exactly. talk about, you know, exactly. and, and moving towards that very authentic version two that is coded within you, waiting for you to embody it. Right. We're, we're like joking here, but I think we, I hope we've set some tone here. Yeah. To take some steps, reach out to River, his, all his website information is on the show page, reach out to me, reach out to River more. He's cuter than I am. So, you know, like, hey, let's let's take care of him oh, and make sure charmer. he has a good year. <laughs> but I, I, I want to invite people to think about this completely differently. Being radical doesn't mean you're pushing the boundaries and everybody's going to think you're weird. It could be a simple radical thing. I want to just say being radical sometimes people have this overlay that means being a rebel or yep. being destructive. That's not the energy of radical integrity. Mm -hmm. Authenticity and honesty is there. So yes, absolutely. And and I, I feel like if you can do this and it's interesting because another, a good friend of mine, um, Alex Jameson, she was married to um, Morgan Spurlock. They did the um, big book on now. I can't remember it, but her and her new husband, wrote a book called Radical Alignment. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I interviewed them, we had similar conversations, slightly different, but um, it's like, don't look at it as the rebellion. See, right. that was something that like, when people would say to me, used to say to me, oh my gosh, you're so radical. What did I hear? All the church teachings of, oh, you don't want to be a radical. You don't want to be right. that. They, that's heretical right. and da da, da 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 right? Now that I put it in its right spot, I'm like, no, I love being radical yeah. because it inspires me. It keeps me moving forward. It keeps me energized. It keeps me in my big mouth talking on a podcast. So. <laughs> but um, so if somebody wants to reach out to you, River, where's the, you know, let's do some shout outs here. Let's real quick talk about the new book. Oh, we didn't bring that up. So the new book just came out, which is? I Yes, it's the first new book in several years. I have a couple of books under my belt, a couple award-winning books, actually. Um, the new book is actually, I wrote it years ago. Um, I lived in England and Europe for many years with my partner, uh, husband. The book is called Where Two Worlds Touch, a 
an outsider's memoir in England. And it just, as I said, with like the bones and breath being cleverly disguised as a men's book, this is disguised as a memoir, but it's really, it's partly a soul guide. It's partly an exploration of what does it mean to have a conscious relationship? It is the story of my partner and I who were cast apart through a, a whole series of things. My, and after 16 years, me moving back to the States, him facing a life-threatening illness and me coming back initially to help him, but then eventually being drawn back together as partners. My husband describes it. He says, this is a book about what happens after the fairy tale of happy ever after ends. And that, of course, is when the real adventure begins. So it is actually a really beautifully uplifting story. I've been with my husband now 30 years. Um, but it's, yes, an exploration of conscious relationship and place. And what does it mean to be an outsider? And we're all outsiders in our own way, whether or not we're living in a foreign country, or many of us, I say, can relate to that feeling of being outsiders. So the book has um, Publishers Weekly just shows it as an editor's pick. It has fabulous reviews in the UK and States. And I'm just, I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, awesome. And it's a really beautiful offering. And you can find it, uh, all major retail, retailers, but you ask where do people find me? Right. My primary website is riverfair.com. And so, of course, the book is on there. My other website relates to uh, the podcast, Radical Being with River Fair. That's my bi-weekly. It's a video podcast. So you can find the video edition on Spotify or the website. Um, and probably other podcast players will get into the video thing here pretty soon. But radicalbeingpodcast.com is that website. I love it. And I love what you're bringing to the world and all the different ways that you help people step into being their radical, beautiful self. It, that is at this stage of the journey, sort of like I have these two tracks. There's this author part of me that's, and yet there's this other, the ever evolving coach part, which the way I describe myself now on that track is that I'm a radical integrity and vibrant wellness coach. So awesome. there's plenty of information about my coaching and the signature program. I do that individually or every now and then I roll out a group format of that. Mm. And I work with people outside of the States too, because distance technology allows us to do that. So absolutely plenty of information there. There's a free masterclass. There's, there's, there's loads on my site to sort of pick and choose from. I have many irons in the fire, so to speak. As, as we all do. As right. We all do. A little so. of this, a little of that, this hat here and this hat there. And well, there we go. It keeps, it keeps variety in life and makes life fun and absolutely vibrant and radical. So, all right, my friend, well, thank you so much for being part of this and, Everybody from my life uncloseted and my 40 plus gay men gay talk podcast. I hope you gain something from this to put yourself on a very beautiful, radical path of new integrity, finding your direction, moving from version one into version two of your life as we kick off the new year. And thank you so much for being listeners and being part of my world. And thanks again, River. Totally appreciate you. Thank you. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.